scandal. He's going to have a lot to answer for to his wife, isn't he? Sackings. I have dismissed Minister Ian Lees Galloway. Shenanigans. Keep it in their pants would be good. <laughs> Kia ora and welcome to One News Inside Parliament. It's a weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering here on One News as we head towards the general election. I'm Benedict Collins. I'm Mikey Sherman. And shall we kick off with some of the highlights from the week, Mikey? I know you've got a few um, few things you've thoroughly enjoyed. Plenty Tell us about of, them. Plenty of highlights today, e ma. Lots of highlights. Um, and obviously we'll get into the big, big juicy stuff uh, soon. But in terms of the um, peaks and pits, um, I'd like to start off with perhaps question time. Uh, this week was the first time since Judith Collins took over the leadership of uh, the National Party that we saw her go head to head in the House against the Prime Minister and um, this is a time where we basically get to you know, see both leaders um, put their best foot forward, put their best arguments forward, their best performance forward um, and so there was a lot of hype and expectation. They were... Um, dampened a little bit actually by the end of it I thought um, didn't really get to see much of the crusher Collins <laughs> that we were expecting yeah. um, from Judith um, I think I th- the Prime Minister instead came ready to rock and roll she had her lines sorted out um, and Jacinda Ardern you know pretty much in her first answer said um, you know congratulations um, on your role as uh, leader of the opposition and then she quickly pivoted into um, you know as, as the member well knows sometimes you have to wait a long time for the things that you want. So obviously alluding to the fact that Judith Collins has had a couple of runs at the leadership um, there yeah, with the National vying, Party. Yeah, and for it for uh, quite, quite a long time. So, so mm. Jacinda Ardern came to play and I was a little bit disappointed actually that Judith Collins didn't come in hard enough. Um, not, I think there might have been a reason that I think she there wasn't, might have um, been a reason. She I, was a little subdued given to events that we'll talk about later in the podcast. Yes, as I called it in my story, the um, Falloon fiasco would have been quite the distraction for Judith Collins. Yeah. Hey, I said in, on a really interesting select committee um, yesterday morning that I thought have a, a chat about and it was a select committee looking at foreign interference in um, local elections in New Zealand and Chinese professor um, Amory Brady came in and she was she's talking to the politicians and she'd filed a submission but uh, about issues that she finds concerning and obviously there are you know numerous SFO investigations now looking at donations um, from individuals to, to our major parties and to uh, several mayors around the country in, in Christchurch in Auckland and it, she was sort of her, her submission talked about those issues but what she actually ended up talking about was um, a, a group of people had been of basically Kiwi Chinese who are concerned about the Chinese government's influence in New Zealand had been travelling down to Parliament where they were going to protest on Wednesday and then attend the select committee on Thursday morning but they were involved in a fatal car crash in Tokoroa um, on the way down uh, several or two people were killed a third person I think is in, in critical uh, condition or they still were as of uh, as of yesterday people very closely um, sort of aligned with Anne-Marie Brady and one of the things she actually said I think it was Claire Curran um, who had asked her and Nick Smith also asked some other questions Labour MP and, and National MP whether she had concerns about that car crash and she actually said well they, they didn't have any evidence, but that some people were concerned, given the nature of, you know, of these people being sort of 
vocal in protesting the Chinese government that, that they were worried about sabotage. And Anne-Marie Brady actually asked if um, you know she thought it would be appropriate for the SIS also to look into this car accident. They, they didn't have any, any proof there, but just because of these people's role. Um, and the, the MPs actually said, hey, can you please make sure as well that this petition actually does find its way um, down to Parliament, that this road accident you know, doesn't... Um, you know, stop that from happening. So, yeah, pretty interesting, interesting um, issue that blew up at, at Parliament here. This yeah, week. hugely so. Such a big question to raise by Anne Marie Brady, but you know, she does have experience in a lot of the um, politics and goings on in those circles. And yeah. we do remember the fact that her house um, had been burgled, and was it her office as well? Even I think um, a number of times, and so yeah. there's always it, that sort of question mark or that and, cloud or cloak of mysterious it, happenings yeah, it, around her and those circles. Yeah, and on the flip side, we also have really dangerous roads um, where the only thing separating traffic is, you know, a, a strip of white or yellow paint often. And I think I did I did read in Stuff's coverage of the accident that there have been multiple other accidents. So maybe it is just, you know, an accident, dangerous stretch road. Don't know, but it was, um, you know, when people are saying that to MPs, it's you know, in- interesting. And um, any other, uh, what was your other highlight for this week, Mikey? The other highlight has to go to the uh, <clears throat> government partners, New Zealand First and the Green Party. Finally, we have seen the Green Party take off the gloves against Winston Peters. They've had enough. The gloves have come off. James Shaw came out swinging against Winston Peters earlier this week. And you know what? I was here for it. Uh, you know, I thought, <laughs> bloody funny, hell, like, about time. You know, it was really? about time, really, <laughs> don't you think? I mean, how many times do they have to take left, right hooks from Winston Peters in New Zealand first before they dish out a few of their own? Yeah, now, so the context yeah. here. Do you, you oh, wanna... Well, Winston had given the speech in the morning, right, mm-hmm. where he had said, the last three years have been the biggest nightmare in his life and basically when he came into this cabinet there were a bunch of amateurs who didn't know what they were doing. Inexperienced mm. and he just let loose and then he said and, and he said to the crowd if you think a green red government is for you you're living in cloud cuckoo land. So he you know dished, it, dished up the tea early in the morning Winston Peters and then James Shaw came back and on the bridge he just let loose with the media and said look if anyone's um, you know causing ha- havoc in, in the government it's Winston Peters it's New Zealand first they're a spanner in the works um, dysfunctional he pretty much just let loose himself and I thought ah about time good to to see it yeah and also interesting fight in there yeah one of the the things James Shaw said you know this is a party that will spend several years negotiating on something just when you think you're at that final point they pull the pin on it you know at the last possible minute you know he he really feels that they are you know dysfunctional in a a global pandemic you know Mm. that isn't very helpful but yeah the two the two back wheels on the government tricycle Two back wheels on uh, the government of, tricycle. Come, come off a bit Meanwhile, there. the Prime Minister was trying to keep the wheels steady there when she was asked about it. She was like, oh, look, Winston Peters, the, the Deputy Prime Minister, also has lots of good things to say about the government. But uh, yes, it certainly is election time. Yeah, and it's been an ugly, ugly week in politics here at Parliament. Um, on, on Monday, we found out um, Judith Collins, um, Andrew Falloon, I think, was the first press release that popped up in our email um, uh, saying that he was resigning from Parliament and that he had had mistakes. He talked about um, suicides of some of his close friends, said he was putting his mental health first. But in that statement, he also said um, he'd made some mistakes recently and that he wanted to apologise to those people. Judith Collins followed that up very swiftly with a press release 
saying um, that she'd been made aware of issues on the Friday. I think it was the Friday. She, or the, Friday, yes, it or, was Or maybe Friday. it was a Saturday morning she got alerted to it. And, and basically she called him up to Wellington Monday morning to sort of talk to him face-to-face about what had gone on. But they didn't actually say what had happened. And that kind of fueled speculation about what has he done. Clearly there was some misbehaviour, but we weren't really sure. And that sort of all afternoon, you know, details just kept coming out and coming out and coming out. And after a while, we basically had established that he'd sent a pornographic image to a very young woman. I think it was later established she was 19 and at university. Um, but that um, yeah, Judith had basically got rid of him pretty promptly um, and it and it got a lot worse um, the scandal over the course of the week it basically became apparent this was a pattern of behaviour that the police have launched an investigation and so four or five young women I think have five young, five young women. women have come forward saying that he'd also been sending them uh, disturbing pornographic images that you know that they absolutely did not want to be receiving and um, and as you mentioned, the police now investigating. They this is the second time that they've they've opened up the case. The first time um, they weren't able to establish anything that would warrant further action. But now that we have seen um, more women come, and the total now at five. Um, yesterday they just confirmed that they were relooking mm. at that. Um, look, where to start? Because the issue with this is. Um, as you mentioned, when the press releases first came out, they didn't really specify why exactly he was going. It really just it seemed as though the pressure, perhaps, of you know the, the the recent weeks and what we saw with Todd Muller and Hamish Walker and you know that style of politics that was coming out. It seemed as though that perhaps reading the press releases was the reason why he had gone. But then you did have these little words like, I have made mistakes and I apologise to people. And so that just sparked questions mm. within the press gallery about what were those mistakes? Why is he bringing them up in this context? Why is he bringing up the issue of suicide and, and some of his friends? And and because the other thing was, at the end of the press release, he's saying, look, I'm looking forward to um, continuing to work with the party in the Rangitata electorate to help the next candidate come through. So it seemed as though he thought he had a future, you know, in, in some small way um, with the party, whether it would be a support role or, or something. So so it was like, well, if he had made big mistakes, surely he wouldn't have a future and he wouldn't think that he would be part mm. of, you know, the electorate going forward, but maybe it wasn't that serious. What the heck is going on here? Yeah. And so it, it was really, um, you know, just a, a sort of pulling teeth exercise essentially just trying to get more info and then finally by the afternoon it had come through with that pornographic image yeah part of me thinks you know pretty dumb handling of a crisis by national kind of letting that drip feed out and and then on the other side i think that judith collins it had they had legitimate concerns for his mental health they they got him out of parliament they got him to the airport they got him picked up by um one of his colleagues um it was matt Ducey, wasn't it had picked yes. him up it and took him home to make sure that he's going to be safe. I think they had legitimate concerns there about the mental health. Maybe that's a bit more why they handled it that way. Because, you know, there were sort of some criticisms of Judith Collins not having fronted up um, at the time to explain fully what had gone on. Uh, so that there was that going on in the background. But by the next morning, Judith Collins was pretty clear that she felt that Andrew Falloon had lied to her um, about what had happened. I think he may have told her it was an accident, a one-off kind of thing like that. Then he started putting out 
or, or, or telling other media that you know a mate had taken his phone and sent the stupid image and then you know as things progressed it became clear um judith collins wanted people to come forward to contact her if anyone else had you know, you know had happened to them and and they sure started coming forward yeah, it is a tricky it is a tricky um, issue to handle when people do come, um, as Judith Collins said, come comes to her when when she one of her MPs comes to her saying, look, I've got mental health issues and I'm dealing with some unresolved issues in regards to my friend's suicide. You do need to handle that carefully. So it would have been a tricky one to handle, um, and and also with the changing story. I mean, for him to um, have gone to well, other media reporting that he had told them that it was um, a friend who had picked up his phone, who had sent the pornographic image on to the woman. Next thing you know, we've got a list of five women now complaining. So the guy's clearly telling porkies. Um, And so it's difficult to handle that as a leader when you're not getting the full story yourself and when you do have the issue of mental health. And I think also what we saw there was a lot of disappointment from the public um, because when the um, announcement was first made about Andrew um, Falloon, people felt sympathy and empathy for him and the mental health issue. And then a lot of people quickly (laughs) felt like he had been using that as an excuse and a shield, um, which was hugely inappropriate and so and that also makes it difficult for us as media to deal with these issues right because when the issue of mental health is dropped there in, in, in our laps and we're dealing with stories we also have to be mindful of of how to approach it while also still wanting to get to the bottom of what's going on yeah and so. the, the mental health foundation was you know they're um very vocal this week saying you, know, you cannot use mental health as an excuse for appalling behaviour, and they felt that that was what Andrew Falloon was doing um, here. But look, it wasn't only um, people coming forward about Andrew Falloon's um, behaviour to Judith Collins. The National Party was alerted, uh, given a tip-off about the behaviour of a Labour um, minister, um, and basically um, things got even worse. The next day, um, the Prime Minister's office, they became aware of an allegation that um, Immigration and Workplace Safety Minister Ian Lees Galloway had been having a relationship with someone who worked for an agency uh, that basically he controlled, an inappropriate relationship. Um, Jacinda Ardern called, so Ian Lees Galloway turns up to work on Tuesday thinking it's a normal day. That afternoon he gets called into the Prime Minister's office um, and he confirms he's been having this... um, affair for 12 months with someone who had worked in his office and then went to work to this agency boom that night he's gone yeah career over i Um, mean you you wiped you know you wiped off the party thing your twitter's gone your facebook's gone we found out about it on the wednesday morning um the prime minister called a a a press conference um and (coughs) she put out a press statement i'll just tell you exactly what she said um and it wasn't so much that he'd had an affair it was that he'd had an affair with someone who basically worked in an agency um, and the Prime Minister said he's shown a lack of judgment over a period of 12 months and undertaking this relationship he has opened himself up to accusations of improperly using his office he's not modelled the behaviour I expect as a minister she'd lost confidence in him um, and particularly that he had that work safe uh, or workplace relations and safety portfolio she said uh, he's not modelled the behaviour I expect as a minister that is in charge of setting a standard and culture in workplaces. So, boom, another, another uh, a minister hitch, down, another MP gone. The just keep coming around Parliament. I mean, we're walking around here bewildered, one day after another. It's another MP gone, another one bites the dust. I think in terms of Ian Lee's Galloway, 
a hugely significant moment perhaps in politics here in New Zealand because, you know, for a long time it was always sort of believed that extramarital affairs or, you know, sort of indiscretions, you know, um, were kind of kept out of the public arena. And now that this has come into the public arena, um, it, it really sort of opens the door to perhaps more scrutiny on that type of behaviour from members of parliament. And I think there'll be a lot of people nervous, no doubt, around the halls of power now. Um, and, you know, it does change things a little bit. The issue, though, for Jacinda Ardern, I think, is that there was no other outcome. She had to get rid of him. She's going into an election. We've just seen what happened with Andrew Falloon. National Hamish had Walker, this information, you, you know, you Judith know, Collins mm. had this information, she passed it on to the Prime Minister, there was no sweeping this under the carpet and there would be no excuses um, to be made in order to save his job um, and and they certainly didn't want to have to deal with the, the barrage of questions and, and, and that leading into an election. There was no way. Had to, had to deal with it cleanly, clean it up quick, and boy, oh boy, it just happened overnight. You know, parliamentary career, what, spanning more than a decade? He came in in 2008. Boom, gone overnight. Yeah, quite incredible, but this is really different. You know, it's been the subject of debate in our office and public. You know, this was a consensual relationship between two adults. You know, and it, it costs him his, his career. I mean, once the Prime Minister doesn't have confidence in you, it doesn't matter, you're gone as a minister, right? But you know, this is quite a different sort of circumstances. And I have talked to you know some MPs this week who feel that the bar is now very, very low for, for what is tolerated here at Parliament. But I can remember back when the Prime Minister had only... When she hadn't been in charge very long, and I'm sure it was a... Um, post-cab press conference where she said she had made it really clear to I think affairs came up it might have been around was it um was it Barnaby Joyce in Australia and I think she got asked about that and she said she'd made it really really clear to her ministers the standards she expected I don't think she would elaborate which is kind of frustrating so it wasn't clear exactly what her expectations were but if she had had that conversation with them I mean and, and then you go and have an affair anyway well you know tough bucky see you later on your bike son yeah, and I think it's the perception that it creates, really. Um, preferential treatment, we've now got ministerial services looking into whether or not he used taxpayer money in any way to fund or, or support this affair, um, and the optics just aren't good, and that's just at the simplest you know, view of it. Um, the other thing, of course, is that she was formerly in his office and then was in an agency um, that was within his portfolio realms. So it, it's the degree of separation, it could be argued, isn't isn't great at all. It's very close. And that's perhaps um, what the Prime Minister will be um, holding on to and what perhaps other MPs and ministers can hold on to when um, they are thinking now as to how low that bar is. The issue is that she was um, in one of his agencies. Um, he was the Minister of Workplace Relations and Safety um, and it was over a sustained period of time, 12 months. And so those were the issues that the Prime Minister said, look, you just can't argue with that. Um, of course, you had Judith mm. Collins yesterday. Couldn't help but stir the pot a little bit yeah, and see, suggest that there was perhaps more to the story. Yeah, because what were her exact words? So she said something along the lines that there must be more to it because she didn't think it was an abuse of power if he just had had 
That's certainly how it came across, which is surprising to me because I would think that it absolutely is clear that, you know, if you've got a staff member within one of your agencies, within one of your offices, I mean, the question of perceptions alone would get you fired because you just cannot yeah, so, have yeah, disrepute it, brought onto the office. Yeah, I mean, that's what the Prime Minister said so, in the first place, right? You open yourself up to accusations of improperly using office. Um, yes. Yeah. But gosh, what a week, eh? You just yeah. think, is there more? Is there more to come? We've got two more weeks of Parliament sitting. <laughs> Are we going to lose any, any more MPs? More? Yeah. Hey, but there was, um, it wasn't just all resignations this week. There was another fascinating issue. Um, Radio New Zealand broke the story that Winston Peters, Deputy Prime Minister, had arranged for two of his close family friends, secured them seats on a flight down to Antarctica. And this has caused all, under the OIA that um, got details, this has caused all sorts of problems for Antarctica and New Zealand. Um, that they try and they take people down to carry out research and science down on Antarctica. They only ever have one seat available on this flight, and normally it's for a for a minister. But Grant Robertson had pulled out, and then Winston Peters arranged for two of his close friends, um, family friends, to go down on this flight, um, which led to yeah he was really fiercely attacked um, by by National and Act on this. Some people said it comes close to corruption. Um, I think. The Prime Minister said she wanted to find out more from Mr Peters about how these two ended up. And Mr Peters, on his behalf, he says, well, hey, when to raise $250 million, these people, um, have, I think, they're connected to a very wealthy um, Southeast Asian family. You know, and I think he was sort of suggesting maybe they would come in and, you know, maybe help, um, you know, raise Give some funds for the project down there. Um, yeah, but pretty bad look. What do you think, Mikey? I mean, in that sense, you know, if you are trying to raise funds, I can see absolutely from, you know, on one hand that, yes, you do want to attract people who could potentially provide that that funding support. I mean, that's how you raise that's how you raise money. Um, on the other hand, though, um, for him to press, as it was reported at least, um, press so hard on um, uh, was it um, internal affairs um, or the office, um, the department that was taking care of this trip? Apparently, they were sort of saying, "Look, we can't fit them on. We've only got one seat left. It's going to be so difficult." And they kind of pushed back on Winston Peters. And then he pushed back even more, according to reports, um, to actually make it happen. So, you know, I think if you're having to go to the lengths that it seems he did to get them on that um, on that trip, perhaps that's the red flag in any case. But, you know, is Winston Peters ever going to take notice of anyone else's red flags? Well... I, I would yeah. argue not. I think he's a law unto his own, and I'll safely yeah, and, say that. And I don't think the Prime Minister really can do much about it. Look, any other week, this would have been a huge, probably, huge yeah. story. Um, but, um, luckily for him, the Falloon fiasco and the Ian Lee's Galloway yeah, affair but also he, was a distraction yeah, enough. It, yeah, but Mr Peters also brought a dead cat with him into Parliament. Um, not literally, but he threw it across the room. And um, after copping heaps of criticism from National and Act during general debate on Wednesday, um, copying heaps of criticism over the Antarctica flight, he um, came out and said, I'm going to reveal who really leaked my superannuation overpayment details. And he accused Paula Bennett's former um, press sec, her name was um, Rachel Morton, um, of leaking information to David Seymour, the Act Party leader, and those two had formerly been in a relationship, and then made all these this whole series of allegations about, I think Chris Bishop's dad was involved, and they leaked it to the media. Um, he, uh, 
David Seymour was absolutely livid at this. Um, called him a liar, um, got kicked out of Parliament for that, got, came back, had to apologise. But he came out onto the tiles afterwards and he said this is... It, he almost seemed to be shaking with rage at, at what um, Winston had said. Uh, he was just furious. Um, that He said, absolutely untrue, this never happened. Rachel Morton, she denied it as well on Twitter, said this never happened. Uh, Mr Peters has got no proof, but I really liked Paula Bennett. She tweeted and said, how many people has Winston Peters now accused with no proof whatsoever? And there is quite a list now. I mean, there's Paula Bennett, there's Anne Tolley, I think it was Stephen Joyce, there was Brendan Boyle. Uh, you had the state services commissioner accused. Uh, now he's accusing Rachel Morton, David Seymour. No proof. Quite, quite incredible. But anyway, the dig cat the strategy did kind of work. The that he gets away with, to be honest, mm. re- hey, blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, to, to slander people's names like that in the house under privilege without, you know, fronting up with any proof, it's outrageous. Yeah. You know, it's unfair actually to the individuals involved who are not members of parliament. I mean, you can you can call out members of parliament as much as you want in the house. I don't whatever. But once you start bringing, you know, individuals, public individuals into it, um, that's where the line has to be drawn. You know, unless you've got proof. Yeah. Zip it, well, sweetie. <laughs> you got that privilege no. <laughs> there, right? Yeah. Um, now, look, I thought we could end on this, which I thought was quite funny, um, which I noticed on Twitter. Um, someone had um, obviously been looking through the Hansard or something from earlier this week or had been watching Parliament TV um, and came across this in which, um, uh, who is it? I think it was Ruth Dyson, actually, um, was the Deputy Speaker at the time. Um, and she's telling off Damien O'Connor for eating in the house um, a jet plane so she says it would be helpful I think if people had their dinner during the dinner hour and not in the house to which Damien O'Connor says I haven't had any dinner because I haven't had time it's a jet plane that's the only thing I've been able to eat and she says there's no eating in the house so I just thought that was quite funny, getting told off for eating a I jet plane they, in the house. They regularly hand, hand around lollies. You're only they? allowed small mints. I think the jet plane is a slightly, you know, the wingspan <laughs> right. on the on the said jet plane just goes over the mint size um, treats that are allowed Thank in the you. House. Thank you for that, our confectionery so correspondent, Mikey yes, Sherman. Yes. Hey, <laughs> we'll leave it there. That was one news inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering. As we head towards the general election, we're not far away now. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. It's available around this time each week on One News Online. And you can check us out on your favourite podcasting app. See ya.